Listener Production. Okay, here we go. He is ice cool in moments like this. Oh, the big fella runs back into heavy traffic. Look at him go! Big edition of Footy Talk coming up. Gordy, is it slowly slipping away for the Bulldogs? Yeah, it probably is. And I tell you what, I'm not over the hair pulling. Scrunchies have to go. If you run on with a scrunchie, right, it's not the other player's responsibility if your scrunchie falls out. Oh, there we go. He's fired up. Hello and welcome to a Monday edition of Footy Talk. It is Emma Lawrence and Gordon Tallis. Gordy, round seven, done and dusted. It's hard to believe we're already at that point of the season. We'll start with the uh, Eels yesterday. Big win over the Doggies. Poor yeah. old Doggies. Just week after week are getting more and more injuries. Are you almost at a point you're thinking, oh. Do I feel sorry for the pound, the dog pound? No. <laughs> No, are you no, thinking finals look, that, look, are out of reach now? No, because that's rugby league and no one felt sorry for Melbourne Storm when they had their big guys out. You don't feel sorry for them. That's, that is the NRL. You know that. That's why you've got a roster of 30. So you've got 13 spare in your group and that's why you build and those young kids get an opportunity uh, to come and show their wares. You know, it's a shame that I'm not going to get to watch Kickow and those guys. But I thought the dogs were really good yesterday because it was one of those games where we watch Parramatta. When they jump out of the box, and they go on and they have that 40 or 50-point game. You know, Parra have done it to the Tigers on a few occasions or that sides where they just jump out of the box. Moses has his running game. They score the long try and they go back to back and the dogs to, store, to sort of steady the ship and like hang in there. I think if you're a dogs fan, there's a lot to like about that performance because not much went your way. And I know that Parramatta got shot out of a cannon, but you're sort of stuck with them in a way. You know what I mean? And you're under man and... I thought it was okay from the dogs. And when they have all their troops back, those other kids that are getting their chance now or those other young men that are getting their chance now are going to be better for the experience. So Josh Adokal is out for at least six weeks. They're saying kick-out could be sort of 12 to 14. Yeah, Do you think – so you're you're prepared to say – That's fine. Both thermals out for the year with an ACL. There's guys that – mate, there's guys that get injured, you know. There's guys that get injured and that happens and that's our game and we live with it. Yeah, like you feel sorry for the player, but I don't mm. feel sorry for the teams. Like I like I don't, you know. Uh, the Dogs fans I do because they want to watch their stars and there was so much hype about the Dogs and I was liking it. And other than round one, I think the Dogs have been really solid all year. Like I think that if I'm a Dogs fan, I go there every week and I know that our side, it's not the result. I've never been one with the result. That little fat boy in the scoreboard will do his job if you do yours type mm. of thing, right? but I think the dogs have been super competitive and that's all you can ask. Are they a top four side? Would you say they're a top four side? No. No. You think that they're a fringe top eight side? I thought that yeah. the dogs make the eight. That is a huge season for them. And they played a side that's been down on luck and down on form in Parramatta and they're trying to turn it around. And uh, they came up and it was a fantastic crowd. It's a great stadium and it would have been a great atmosphere to play in. But the dogs still run out with the same amount of players and they got to go out there and do their job. I'm pretty sure the history of the doggies, no matter who pulls the jersey on, they do expect you to go out there and play like a bulldog. The atmosphere was epic and there was a lot of hype around Reed Marnie. An underused word. I like that word, epic. epic. It was, um, you know what, if anything, I thought there was probably half-half doggies fans to Eels. Yeah. But 
Oh. I just felt sorry. I'm not, well, I'm not going to say felt sorry, but I had to interview Reed Marnie afterwards and there was so much hype around. I felt bad speaking to him. He said he felt like he- It was like a bad he, dream, wasn't it, for him? He felt like, he said, I let the team down. I take responsibility. I, I, I thought there was water in his eyes as if he was going to cry. I felt guilty for even interviewing him. He handled himself well, but- it's, it's one of those tough moments where he knew he didn't have his best game. He's up yeah. against his former club. Yeah, the emotions that were going through his body, and I know how he would have felt because I played against the Dragons and I can go back to the game when I played against my old club. I was really ordinary with my first stint and then my last stint was a lot better. But that guy, I saw where he tried to get out a dummy half and he runs in and he gets caught on the fifth. He dropped the ball. He comes out. The ball gets caught up in the bloke playing the ball, he didn't have a Reed Marnie afternoon. Mm. I think, I think he thought, and that's, and then that's pressure, right? Mm. So that's, so that's his internal pressure. He put on himself playing against his old club. That wasn't the external pressure. We didn't say Reed Marnie has to be the best. Reed Marnie has to show Parramatta what he's missing. That's, that's his own internal dialogue. Mm. Um, he'll be better for it. And he'll know next time that don't worry about the game because it's going to be kicked off and you've got to make the same tackles and you've mm. got to, Sometimes you've got to be colourblind, I believe, as a player and forget you're playing against Melbourne Storm in Melbourne and the Raiders and that, you know, and you go out and think about your job and make sure that you're doing your job. And he didn't do it yesterday. Not to what we, we usually expect, but anyway. Yeah, Handled but, himself and, well. And, and, and do you know what? How good is it for a young man to own his mistakes. I loved that. The fact that he said that. I felt bad for interviewing him, but he no, you handled don't. it well. I did. You didn't. I, mate, listen, no, I saw you on the TV. You didn't feel bad. I, oh, I you did. You didn't feel bad one bit. I did. Did you text him this morning and say, hey, Reid, I'm so sorry for walking up and putting a microphone in your face like when people walk out of court and <laughs> like they're in trouble? It's different. But when he walked into the sheds, I went over again and I said, hey, thank you for that. So. Oh, thank you for that. But you didn't say I'm sorry. Well, I'm sorry for putting you on the spot. I will so you call him this him, afternoon, Gordy. So you Gordy. thanked him for making him feel awkward on TV. I will call him this afternoon for you if you like and say, look, Reid, thank so you So Gordon Tallis made me ring you because I thought <laughs> it was unfair of myself and it was unprofessional to walk up and put a microphone in your face when you have failed miserably <gasps> in front of the whole state. I'm not going to call him now. Anyway, I know what else fires you up, Gordy. The so hair you pool. feel bad. I do feel... Oh, the hair pulling? Let's get on to the hair pull. Okay, tell me. I know. So Tyson Frizzell, for those who didn't see it, has gone to make a tackle with Jerome Luai and he's got these long, luscious locks flowing. It's in the ponytail, but it's still halfway down his back. We just got to ring our St. Peter Valanis and get the rule book rewritten on that rule, just on the hair pulling. Because I think when the rule book, uh, I spoke to James Hooper yesterday, we're going to try to find out when the rule book was written. And I know that they change it and they put new rules in, but I think that rule needs to be upgraded. And I said this yesterday, could you imagine in 1980, the famous footage of Arthur Beetson when he's going to run out for Queensland and he's got all the yellow grip dust on his jersey and he pulls his hair back and puts a scrunchie in it. What are you laughing at, Emma? No, just times have changed. Right. So when that rule book, was written, they mm. all had pretty much short hair, didn't they? Yeah. Other think. than the Ian Schubert, the Russell Fairfax, um, I can remember the Hardwicks. There was a few, the Peter Kellys, they had long hair, and I'm pretty sure it got pulled. I'm pretty sure they didn't complain about it. I'm a strong believer that if your hair is lower than your collar 
and and then you are grabbing part of the uniform. If you're grabbing around the collar of the jersey or part of the uniform, it is play on. Yeah. It is just play on. If you grab their hair from their neck up or their shoulders up, if it's a hair pull and you're grabbing above their ears, that's a hair pull. Mm-hmm. That's a penalty. That's probably even 10 in the bin because I don't think it's fair because you can pull anybody's hair, probably not myself, <laughs> but you can pull anybody's hair from that up. But below your collar, I think it's play on. What do you think? I agree because how can you not? You you can't avoid it. There is no way, really, with Luai's hair, there is no way Frizzell could have made that tackle without grabbing the hair, really. Like it's it's the top half of it's his back. It covers the whole. He's gone. Did he go to grab his hair or did he go to grab his uniform? He went to grab the uniform, but you can't not get a, a handful of hair. You can't That's what not. I'm saying. Yeah, it's. I agree. That's it's, what I'm saying. It's silly. So they have to so change. If it. you want to have long hair, I'm all for it. If you want to express yourself, go for it. I'm not telling the guys to go get your hair cut. I'm not telling them how to wear their hair. But if it's below your collar and someone grabs it, that's on you. Mm. That's not on the guy. That's not on the player that is trying to tackle you. So the NRL people that are listening to this or or referees, let's just change the rules on the run. They should. Uh, oh, absolutely. We saw Luciano Leilua do it last year. I think it was down there at Wollongong when he's going and he and he fell back and someone got his fingers caught up in his ponytail. And I thought it was unfair that day when he was trying to grab his number. Mm. Like if you're trying to grab someone's number and you get beaten and you're paid to make the play and his hair gets in the road, I don't think that's your responsibility. Mm. i tell you what I loved when they were in the press conference, Tyson Frizzell and Adam O'Brien, they got asked. Tyson Frizzell looks at Adam O'Brien and said, can I answer that? As if he wanted to go off, but he's just so polite and didn't want to rock the boat that he had to ask permission off his coach to to have a go. Even still, he was... I think if it went to a ballot, and some of these things I should, just go to the go to the teams, get the NRL official to go and say, do you think it's fair on this? Yeah. And get the players to change the rules. Mm. I reckon if it went to a fan's vote and say, if someone pulls their hair from the neck up, that's a hair pull. Mm. From the neck down, and they probably it should is not. Put it, it is in, play on, six to go. They should put it in more of a bun than a ponytail. So it's... Do you know what that is, Gordy? Mm. Or a bun? I'm not into top buns. I'm not into it. As I said, could you imagine? And I said, and Jimmy Graham was against me yesterday. A little footy talk by round man was against me. And I said, until I said, just imagine Adrian Morley, you're at Wembley. You got the Royal sitting in the Royal box. And after they sing God Save the Queen, which is the king now, God Save the King, he puts his hair up in a ponytail for the kickoff. <laughs> he wanted the real change then and there. When I when I put it on a on an Eng, one of English toughest England's toughest forwards, yeah, I just don't think it is. That's my opinion, and it's not because I got bald hair. And if I did have hair, and I did used to have hair, and if it was past my collar and it got pulled, it was play on, and it used to get pulled, and used to put your hand down on. And I saw Ben Hunt get stood on yesterday. I played in an era that if you played the ball, and there was an old tough bloke at the end of his career and you made a bit like a bit of a good run against him, he would stand on your hand really hard with the old steel boots mm. and it would crunch your bones. And it was just like, hey, son, you're not running here again. He didn't have to say anything and mm. he'd run away. I saw Ben Hunt get done yesterday and he was shaking his hand. He was like a Jackson 5 doing a moonwalk. <laughs> but that used to happen pretty much three or four times a game if you were a young kid back in my era. Well, speaking of Ben Hunt and the Dragons, uh, they mm. went down to the Raiders. It was a pretty scrappy performance. Lots of errors, ill-discipline. Uh, 
each loss is going to heap more pressure on Anthony Griffin, but what did you make of the Dragons? Well, let's just get rid of him then, right? If that's what they want to do. If it's pressure on him, it's pressure on him. I thought the players were up for it. I thought they had a real crack in the first half. They had all the momentum and they just couldn't get the ball over the line. They just couldn't get it. The Raiders' defence, so the Raiders' green wall was fantastic. I saw Jack Bird hit this line. I don't know how uh, Tomoko, uh, like it was like Spider-Man. He just got caught in a web. I don't know how he didn't score. The Dragons had all the football. So that doesn't come down to the coach. That comes down to the players putting on a play where that doesn't work. There's plan B, there's plan C, using your vision. It's probably a little bit too much Ben Hunt ball. Amone tried hard, but I think as a young kid, he's, he's trying to be a bit too pretty um, at times. And Sloan, like their, their combinations just aren't working. And I think that comes down to players, you know, talking and working really hard. Hey, guys, what about this play? What about this? And they work and they change on the run. And while well, they're defending this because Ricky and his coaching staff have watched the videos and they're stopping us on the plays that we were really good at last week. Well, you've got to come up with a plan B. And then the coach sees you at halftime. And I thought the Raiders were really good. I thought it was a super competitive game. We caught it on the M's. And, but they're both nervous. Like, they're both chasing points. Like, they're, they're at that part of the season where Ricky's been under the pump, you know. Like, they had a massive loss to Penrith. And, like, they're trying to fight their way and get their season back on the rails. And the Dragons, for some reason, I, I, they just need to get on with it. And Anthony Griffin, I said I don't feel sorry for anybody. I do feel sorry for the noise around him to go out there and do your job and know that you're not wanted. I don't know how he turns up every day at that organisation, to be quite honest. But you don't feel sorry for anyone. Is he the exception to the rule? I wouldn't be coaching there. Mm. If I didn't have the support of my bosses, I'd tell them to shove it. Would you right now say see you later? Would you? Yeah, I would. But that's me. Mate, if you're not liked, if you're not loved, and the writing's on the wall, why do you stay there for? Why? Like, let's boil it down to a relationship. Yeah. If you know that your girlfriend Something don't that want you and you keep on to. staying there, whose fault is it? <laughs> We've all Emma? been there. We've all been I, there. <laughs> that's right. It's your own fault. You know they're not right. into you. Cool. So let's just boil it down anyway. to a human. You're in a relationship. They don't want you. They're looking for somebody else. They go out every Friday night looking for someone else. Why are you in the relationship? Yeah. They're not sure, but you'll stay oh, and sure see if it works. I'm not sure whether they like you or not. <laughs> I'm just working on myself. It's not It's not about you. I'm just working on myself. It's not you, myself. it's me. It's not, yeah. <laughs> Come on. We should relate coaching mate, mate, games I, and footy I to, to relationships. Feelgood. Remember Dr. Feelgood when you are a kid and you're driving around late at night? People would ring up with all their problems. <laughs> Maybe I listened to Dr. Feelgood too many times. Uh, we should have Dr. Mm. Tallis. We should have people send in or um, players and coaches well, send in listen, their questions just, and their problems. To me, it's common sense, right? <laughs> a relationship is a two-way street. I'm going to teach you something here, Emma, right? And what's a relationship to you? Oh, this is deep. Tell me, what is a relationship <laughs> to you? Is it 50-50? It should be. No, no. Oh. It's 100%. Oh, ooh. 100 Listen to me. A relationship's a hundred because some days you got to do more than the other person in the relationship. Oh, yeah, okay. Some day they can't do it. They're here. So, but you got to be prepared if you go into a relationship to do a hundred percent. And if Anthony Griffin's being given that, and then the others aren't putting in a hundred percent to back him, you go. So yeah. some days, so a relationship's a hundred percent. It's not fifty-fifty because it can never be fifty-fifty. You got to be prepared to go the whole hog. I love that. That's Dr. Feelgood at the 11th. I'm almost inclined to stop the podcast there, but we might take a quick break and um, get into (laughs) some history with that. I'm getting a hot uh, flush talking about that. (laughs) That infamous uh, argument between yourself and Billy Harrigan. (laughs) 
Alrighty. So Gordon Tallis v Bill Harrigan. I've got to say it's probably one of the earliest memories I have uh, of State of Origin. And there are there are various versions out there of exactly what has happened. Gordy, before you weigh in, I just want to play a little bit of audio because Bill yes. has readdressed the whole saga. You know, down the field when we're running, he's in my ear. You missed the knock on. You're kidding. Blah, 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 blah. You're a worse referee than Stephen Clark. I thought you were going to bin for that. Anyway, Ryan Girdler scores over in the corner mm. and I've gone in, checked the touchies, bang. And as I've blown it, he turned around and said, you are an effing cheating C. And I just turned around and went, and you're good. Don't talk to me. Just go. Just go. He's been sent off. Sent off or shouldn't be? No, he's off. Sent. He's gone. He has been sent off. At the end of that game, he came and knocked on the door. Mm. came in and apologised. He still said, I still think there was two knock-ons there, Bill, but I shouldn't have said what I said and yeah. I sincerely apologise. All righty, Gordy, which part's perhaps a little bit of a grey area? Has he stretched the truth at any point in this? What uh, is your version of events? No, he's kept a bit out. Okay. I was going harder than that on him. <laughs> so there were How two How many C-bombs? Yeah, he's right about that. Um <laughs> But Origin, and we I spoke about Reed Marnie, where you're out there in the middle and the pressure of winning the State of Origin. We hadn't won in Sydney for about 10 years. Mm. So we'd been winning in Queensland. We just couldn't get the job done in Sydney. I think there might have been seven minutes to go. We were up by six points. We get a knock on. I back us to go down where Queensland to go get a field goal. It's not hard to set up and back in those days to get a field goal and that was our plan and then he missed two knock-ons. I said, Bill, there was two knock-ons. He said, just shut up and play. And I said, and then I did say, I said, you won't be here in game two. Stephen Clark's a better referee and that really peed him off. (laughs) So then after that, I did walk in because in hindsight, right, and this is one thing through my whole career, you don't think of the mums and dads and the little kids sitting at home on the couch watching. That's the last thing that entered my mind. After the game, I'm thinking, well, that's a bad look for the game. The referee's always right. Mm. So I went in, I said, Bill, I really apologize for what I said. I should never have said that. I apologize, but I stand by there was two knock-ons that you missed. Did he own up to did he agree that he missed them? No. Now, now he's been retired for 20 years. (laughs) Not at the time, no. And then we did a few speaking gigs. I've worked with Bill and and he was working with a triple M. I did a few ads with him at Lowe's and one day they got we were doing this ad and we're at a like a crocodile park and there was mozzies and I had to slap him. <laughs> I'm serious. I had to slap you his face. You had to slap him. I, I slapped his face hard about seven <laughs> times. I enjoyed and I made sure, I said to the cameraman, just make sure that we Is there a about, vision of this? Yeah. Oh, mate, of course it would be. I said, can you make sure there's about three or four, like, and just make sure that we need some more angles of this. So I slapped him here and Bill went, oh, shit. I said, oh, sorry, we've got to do that again. again. That was a bit hard. I said, well, it's got to look like it's real, Bill. So I slapped him a few times. And if you're a Queensland supporter, there were two knock-ons. So if you did show the footage, there were two knock-ons. Was I wrong? Absolutely. Every day of the week, I was wrong for talking to the referee like that. Do you because think, if you just said there were two knock-ons, I, would, uh, it's I a did fact at the, the Stephen Clark reference, don't you think? I did at the time. I said, go back, and I said, go back and have a look. And he didn't want to. Do you, do you think he got so, most you know fired what, up about? In today's age, that's why, the, that's why the captain's call come out, because of those mistakes from Bill. So Bill Harrigan changed the game. The captain's call come out because the captain was right on that night. No, I didn't change the rules, but it sounded good, didn't it? <laughs> I like that. Surely, though, saying that another ref is better than you. 
that's what oh, would get me fired about, up. Well, like that, I'd be like, okay. Don't so like, you when I rang Bill, right? I did want to put that in my book. This is years ago, right? And I rang Bill and I said, Bill, he goes, you can put the truth in there. And I said, tackle one. I said, mate, there was two knock-ons, blah, blah. And I just had enough because he was ignoring me. There was two knock-ons and the moments were slipping and New South Wales was so good at that time. And I knew we had to take every moment we could. I said, you won't be here in game two. Stephen Clark's a better referee. <laughs> and apparently that got right under his gate. Not yeah. the – mate <laughs> – not because people are called him a cheat because Bill goes, I got called a cheat every weekend. Yeah, he, that, he wouldn't care about that part. He didn't care. He didn't <laughs> care about that. It was the fact that I told him that Stephen Clark was a better referee. So Bill Arrigan, I named him. I nicknamed him that for the rest of my life, Bill Arrigan. Uh, I changed his name from <laughs> Harrigan to Arrigan. But he certainly was the best referee and um, we got a great relationship. Believe it or not, his son, after that, his son, I was one of his favourite players and I had to mend it. So Wayne Bennett got a secret meeting. I went around because the media were onto it and the next time he refereed me and all that kind of stuff. And then I remember going to the to the tossers and I wouldn't shake his hand. You know, the tossers shake the referee's hand. I didn't yeah. shake his hand, not one bit. So I didn't carry any divots. I didn't hold any grudges no. at all. And you're clearly no. over it right now as well. You haven't now, carried any baggage into no, you. No, no. <laughs> 20 odd years later, I'm like, mate, God, please, you're bringing that up. So, but I went to his house. And his dad, Bill Harrigan, and his mum, and they made me a cup of tea in scones, and they go, I don't know what it is about Bill, but his mum even told me that he goes, I think he's got it in for you at some stage. <laughs> so Bill just liked it. Bill just liked revving me up a little bit, I think. So you but went around and had coffee and with his parents. I think he added to the game. You had coffee with his parents. Yeah, I, yeah. Um, it was in Coogee somewhere, and I went and got in a taxi and snuck around there to talk to Bill face-to-face and just say, mate, how do we mend this relationship? Because I called you that and I don't want it to keep on going on. I don't want the media because the media kept on building it up. Mm -hmm. So I had to make sure that Bill's fine with being in the paper about that and how are we going to move forward in a relationship as a captain and a referee. 100%, not 50-50. So he's got a referee 100% and I've got to play 100%. We've got to be professional. There you go. There we go. Any more little nuggets of gold of life lessons before we wrap up? Referees always right. Do I you mean that? that? that day. They are. Okay. Because I tell you something, he didn't change his decision. Yeah. So he's so he was right. There we go. Well, and Bill I- Harrigan's like the Fonz because <laughs> you can never say he's wrong. <laughs> <laughs> You're on fire today, Gordy. Thank you. I like it. All right. That's what happens when you get a nice sleep in, oh. and kids are back at school. How good! How good! Oh, I love school oh, teachers. Oh, we need you like this every Monday morning. This has been your best performance of the uh, of the season, I'd say. Well, listen, I can be. We had a really good producer <laughs> on the Sunday Sin Bin yesterday, so the show just flew. Because oh, um, producer Charlie trip. took annual leave. Yeah, I think so. I don't know where he was. He was probably sunbaking down at Bondi, rubbing a bit of olive oil on himself because he's got that gorgeous complexion. So I don't know what Chicka White was doing, but but I'm sure he'll be back this 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 Sunday. Let's hope so. Let's hope he's on his uh, best behaviour. Gordy, enjoy the week and um, get a few little more nuggets of gold that you can share with us Every next week. Every week, Emma. This show is a nugget of gold. You remember that. It is. Everyone else will remember that. So we'll see you next week for another edition of Footy Talk. 